You are tuning into the Rise Station podcast. I'm your host, Pernella Harris, licensed mental health provider, bringing you everyday wellness tips and mental health education. If you're joining me for the first time, welcome. Please go ahead and subscribe so that you can receive alerts every Monday at 7 a.m. when a new episode is uploaded. If you like what you hear, please go ahead and leave me a glowing review so that I can get this content out to as many people as possible. Shout out to my Rise Tribe, my loyal listeners who continue to rise and vibe with me every Monday morning. I appreciate your support. So this week's episode is geared at taking a look at anger and understanding our anger so that we can better manage it. Before we get into that, let's go ahead and hear a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice. Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice, where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. Anger is a natural emotion that provides us information about our internal and external environment. It is completely normal to have the emotion of anger. However, how we express our anger is very important. Taking a deep dive into anger and understanding our anger can help us express it in healthy ways in which we are more in control of our emotions rather than our emotions controlling us. So to understand our anger, we need to look at the ABCs of our anger. This is an acronym, which means A stands for antecedents, B behaviors, and C is consequences. So we're going to break it down. Let's break it down. Antecedents is a big fancy word for what happened right before you got angry. What triggered your anger? So the very first thing we want to do when we're looking to understand our anger is what caused it? What are some things that get us angry? What are the things that trigger us? The B stands for behaviors. What action did we take? What did we do after we were triggered? What were the actions that we did out of anger? Then C is consequences. What are the outcomes of that behavior? Because there are going to be good or bad consequences depending on how you acted when you were angry. All right, so we can go ahead and delve into that. When we look at the triggers, let's start there. When we look at the triggers to our anger, they can usually be summed up with two categories, right? Usually when we get very triggered and and angry, it's usually due to an unmet need or a value that is being challenged. All right. So I am angry because a need was unmet or a value of mine 
was challenged. All right. So here's an example. Let's talk about traffic, right? Maybe you're you listen to this podcast while you're driving to work, right? Some people get very triggered and very angry when they're meeting traffic, right? Because one, they may have a value. Their value might be being on time. And this is an inconvenience. This is a frustration because now I'm in traffic with these people who can't drive and they're going to make me late and it's going to look bad on my reputation. So, you know, the anger is a symptom of that value, right? Their anxiety gets a little heightened, gets triggered because they value timeliness. Maybe there's somebody waiting on them and or they have a big presentation that they want to get there early and make a good impression. So that is an example of when your anger is triggered by a value system, right? Another example might be, let's say um, being insulted or called names, right? You start to bubble up with anger because someone insulted you criticized you, called you names, right? There might be an unmet need of being accepted. When you sift away all of the emotions and you sift away all of the fluffy stuff, at the end of that might be an unmet need. What's left over in the sifter or the colander is the unmet need of being accepted, maybe respected. You know, someone's calling you names, they're, you know, tearing you down, they're not respecting you. Or there could be a value being challenged here, right? Being treated with dignity and respect. If you value people treating you with dignity and respect, then calling names goes outside that and challenges that value. All right. Here are some other things that you can think about that are common situations that trigger our anger. Maybe you are triggered by some of these. And if so, I want you to think about, okay, what is triggering? Is it a value or an unmet need in this situation? So some common situations, number one, rejection. Number two, betrayal. Three, unjust treatment. It's not fair. That usually is a value. Number four is challenged beliefs. You know, maybe you're really passionate about political views and you get, you know, fired up or maybe religious beliefs that people, you know, think differently. So, you know, explore that. Number five is helplessness or loss of control. Six is being excluded or ignored. Seven is disapproval or criticism. Eight is feeling unwanted or unneeded. So, I want you to contemplate if any of those resonate with you, really dig deep, do some self-work and reflecting on, is there a unmet need there or is this a value that you hold deeply? So moving right along, as we understand, you know, and we get a sense of what triggers our anger, we can then start to reflect on our behaviors. Right. Think about how you behaved in the past and think about how you want to behave in the future. All right. There are unhealthy versus healthy ways to manage your anger, you know, to respond to anger. Right. Unhealthy behaviors consist of behaviors that harm yourself or others. This could be taking your anger out on yourself, you know, hair pulling, any type of self-injury self-deprecating thoughts. Sometimes we don't actively behave 
in a way that is visible to everyone else. But the things that we say to ourselves are equally as damaging. So self-deprecating thoughts, negative self-talk, even self-sabotage are some behaviors that are unhealthy, that are turned inward, right? Also, some unhealthy behaviors could just be um, throwing things, hitting people, being vindictive. So those are some unhealthy ways of managing anger. Some healthy ways to manage anger is allow yourself to release the emotion in a healthy manner where you're looking to resolve the problem, resolve the conflict, whether it be through assertive communication, whether it be by taking a break before you talk about it. But the goal when you're managing anger is to release the emotion in a healthy way. There are some techniques that I'm going to go through later on. But the number one goal is to resolve the conflict that initially started or triggered the anger. Okay. Lastly, we want to delve into the consequences, right? Every action yields a consequence, be it good or bad, depending on whether we handle our anger in a healthy versus unhealthy manner will determine what the consequence looks like. So if we choose unhealthy ways to manage our anger, we may suffer consequences of property damage, ruined relationships, maybe bodily injury, imprisonment, failed relationships, loss of jobs, loss of opportunities, you know, because if you constantly are angry, people won't want to collaborate with you. They won't want to give you opportunities. So keeping that in mind. But if we choose healthy ways of expressing our anger, then we deepen connect. We have the opportunity to deepen connections, deepen relationships, lower our stress levels and solve conflicts. Because in relationships, you know, it's not always going to be peaches and creams. There are conflict. Relationships are conflict. You know, I always say in a room by myself, I'm perfect. But it's when you are in the room with other people and you're fellowshipping, you know, conflict will arise. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if resolved in a healthy manner. So you will get angry. It's just how you manage that anger, which makes the difference in the relationship. Relationships can deepen if you are able to handle your anger appropriately. Okay, so let's talk about some appropriate ways to manage anger. All right. One is we can take a time out. If things are getting, if you feel the anger bubbling up inside you and you are aware of your high risk situations or or your triggers and, you know, someone is tapping on the trigger or or you feel, you know, yourself getting angry, take a time out. Separate yourself. That way you have some space and time to calm down so that you can come back with a clear head and ready to resolve the conflict. Number two is take a breather. Your breathing becomes shallower and speeds up as you get angry. Right. So what you want to do is you want to manually reset that autonomic response that your body has the moment that you're triggered. So you're going to take a time out, but then you're going to actually do some deep breathing so you can slow down your respiratory system, slow down your heartbeat so that you can begin to think more logically about how to solve the problem. All right. Number three is 
go for a walk, you know, walking not only allows you to clear your mind, but it's going to give you that time out and it's going to allow you to take a deep breath. So go for that walk. You're going to exercise. You're going to be releasing endorphins as you're walking. And that also is going to help you in managing your anger. Number four is relax your muscles. You can just choose to lay down, choose to relax, sit down. But most of the time, when we get angry, we start to tense up. Our muscles immediately begin to tense up. So actively relaxing your muscles will also release endorphins to help you calm down. All right. So you want to definitely make a conscious effort to relax your muscles. You could do that by you can lay down, you can uh, sit, um, you can do many things to relax your muscles. Sometimes you could take a bubble bath. I don't know if you are home um, and you're angry, a hot shower, something that, that will relax your muscles. Number five is think of alternative interpretations that may have caused the triggering event. Sometimes it's the narrative. You know, we get inside our head, we start overthinking, we start all of a sudden vilifying the other person, or we start feeling as if we're the victim and feeling attacked. And so we react by the internal narrative that we're telling ourselves. So try to think of more positive ways, you know, try to challenge, okay, well, maybe that person didn't mean to say it that way. Maybe they lack social skills. Maybe they just, you know, came off abrasive. Um, But, you know, what they're really saying is this. All right. Number six is positive self-talk, encouraging words. So say something encouraging to yourself. You know what? It's not worth it. Hurt people, hurt people is a good one to use. Or this isn't about me. This person must be having a bad day. You can uh, just ignore it or choose to be happy. But whatever you tell yourself, do it in a positive and compassionate way. Encourage yourself to calm down. You know, this, this isn't worth getting upset or you can just walk away or, you know, this person is having a bad day, but you can choose to rise above. But whatever you tell yourself, make sure that it's positive and encouraging. Number seven is radical acceptance. This is just having the attitude of, you know what? It is what it is. People are how they are. Some people are just like that, but just accepting, you know, having radical acceptance that sometimes people are just miserable or situations are just difficult, you know, and not really trying to change that, but just having a non-judgmental approach to it can help you emotionally detach from whatever the triggering event is. So it is what it is. Radical acceptance. All right, number eight is play some tunes, play some soft music, relaxing music, things that will calm you down, things that will help your brain waves relax so that you can start releasing the calming hormones that you need to calm your body down. All right, I like classical music. I also like ocean waves, um, but some people listen to the rainforest. Some people listen to rain. Some people listen to just any kind of slow melodic music. And I say slow melodic because your brain waves will mimic 
the tempo. So if you're looking to calm down, your thoughts are already racing. Your heartbeat is already racing. So listening to something, you know, very upbeat and with a high tempo is not going to calm you down. That's the type of music you want to listen to when you want to wake up. But if you want to relax, you want to listen to music with more of a slower tempo. Okay. All right. So number nine is attempt to compromise when possible. You know, if you can get a win-win and solve a problem, then, you know, both people get something out of the deal and you're also going to be deepening the connection. Um, So making sure that you have the capacity and negotiation skills to come up with a compromise that both people can agree on. And typically when you can come back and compromise, it sets the stage for future opportunities to work together. All right. And both people leave and walk away feeling um, like they've won something. So compromise is important in resolving the conflict. All right. Number 10. Be assertive, not aggressive. And so this is hard when we're angry and when we're triggered. So that's why it's important to make sure that you do the necessary steps to calm yourself down and bring back your logical thinking brain on deck before you get to being assertive because you're going to have a conversation and you don't want to go right back into another cycle of anger. So you want to make sure that you do the necessary work. You take the necessary time to calm down and to possibly think of some solutions or what it is that you're expecting. When you're being assertive, it is important for you to use I statements rather than you statements because you statements are accusatory. You did this to me. You made me feel like that. And it's really blaming the other person. It's pointing the finger. But when you say I, you take ownership of your emotions. You take ownership of how you feel and you can have a productive conversation when you are using I statements. Okay, so my last tip, number 11, is set healthy boundaries for yourself. This one is a good one because a lot of times we typically can get angry because we're trying to control a situation and our boundaries are compromised when we're trying to control a situation. So that means that we're overstepping where we start and stop and we may take on other people's problems. Someone, for example, might come to us and ask for our advice. Well, we give our advice And when we see that person not implementing our advice or not doing what we want them to do or doing what we think would be best for them, we start to become angry and resentful and may start a dispute with them. So it's important to set boundaries and respect other boundaries. This can also be on the flip side. When we don't have healthy boundaries, we allow other people to keep dumping on us, dump, dump, dump. And then when we're exhausted, overwhelmed, we lash out in anger. So keep your bucket full by making sure that you're not over giving or overdoing or trying to control someone else. So healthy boundaries makes sure that your well-being, your mental health is always in the forefront. So 
you're functioning at your optimal level when you are always practicing healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries for yourself and respecting the boundaries of others. So in conclusion, anger is a normal human emotion. We all get angry. However, knowing how to express ourselves in a healthy manner is important and will help us resolve conflict easier so that we can deepen relationships. Don't let your anger scare you. I want you to lean into it and learn what your anger is trying to tell you about you. When you understand your anger, you can better manage it. So again, look at it like an investigator. You don't have to judge it. Just look at your anger in a non-judgmental way and take small steps. You know, I provided 11 tips. You don't have to implement all 11. You can take two and see how that go and then add on to it, but do it at your own pace. Okay, until next time, enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care, by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.